0: All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another off-season edition here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I am your host, Andrew Gulotta. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata. and then also, you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Twitter, at The Who Dat Dis. This is actually probably going to be one of the last two off-season editions here at The Who Dat Discussion, and then we're going to get into some training camp editions as well, and really, it's going to be full on until the season starts, and it looks like we're going to have a season. And that's obviously what we're going to start out with as we have the last few episodes. We're basically going to be kind of finishing our talk on if there's going to be training camp, what's training camp going to look like. We're going to kind of just kind of tie a bow into that topic and really kind of finish talking about it because I think we're reaching a solution. And I think that's what we're going to start off with. We're also going to talk about another camp battle for the Saints. We're probably going to do one this episode and one next episode and it's probably going to be done and we're going to finish right before training camp starts. So that actually ended up being perfect, and then throughout training camp, we're definitely going to kind of keep tabs on those battles, kind of see what's happening, because it seems like it's going to be a long training camp, so we're obviously going to have updates from training camp, but then also, we're probably going to do a full big preview of the season, as we always do, and again, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, because look, there will be no preseason, and I think we're just going to get right into it, and basically, what the NFL and NFLPA agreed upon, they agreed upon a few things, and I think that... Look, all teams are now expecting that training camp is going to start on time. Everyone's going to get their guys there, but there's going to be a long ramp-up period, which is good for the players and players' safety, players' health. That's all great. Hopefully, you'll get all the Kings kind of figure out here in training camp, but not having preseason games is going to hurt, especially those guys that are on the bubble. And also, the rosters will be trimmed to 80, which I think makes sense on both sides, even though it stinks. It does stink that rosters are cut, but it does make sense because what you're going to see here is that there will be less guys in the building. So look, it's just safety-wise, health-wise, that's obviously better, the least guys possible. And to me, without any preseason games, it's going to be very difficult to evaluate so many players. So kind of cutting it to 80 right away, even though it stinks, and it really does to get 10 of these guys right away, just buy. And that's obviously not ideal, but in these situations, that may be the best option. And again, that's just kind of how it is. So That's another thing that the NFL, NFLPA agreed upon. And then a third thing is testing and how they're going to administer that. So it's going to be every day for, I believe, two weeks, two weeks into training camp. Once it starts, it's going to be two weeks. And then if the positive test rate falls below 5%, then the NFL will move to every other day. And that's just like, once you have it under control with every day, then they can go to every other day once kind of, these situations and the procedures are put into place, you're hoping that there'll be less and less positive tests, which is going to happen. It happened in all the other leagues, and it's going to happen in the NFL as well, even though the NFL is a contact sport. So is the NBA. So is the NHL. So again, I think that really what's going to happen is the NFL, they're going to play this season. They're going to play 16 games. They're going to start on time. They're just not going to have preseason games. And we're going to obviously get into the effects of that. And we're really going to do a few things this episode. A, we're going to talk about the effects of not having a preseason What's that going to be dealt with the Saints? Like, how are the Saints are going to deal with that? And then also, how are other teams deal with that? How will the Bucks deal with it? How will the 49ers deal with it? How will the Falcons deal with it? That's really important. We're also going to be talking about the 80-man roster. Like, it's not going to be 90. It's going to be 80. So that means 10 guys are going to get cut. We're going to look at the guys that could get cut today. And it is going to be very interesting. But what I love to hear is that, look, all the NFL teams put their infectious disease plans and responses into the NFL for review and approval. And eight teams have got approved so far, so the other 24 teams will also hopefully get that approved soon. It probably takes a long time to look at each individual plan, but I think they're going to get probably through all of them by the end of the week. And again, I think football training camp is going to start, and I think the rookies will be there for the Saints by the end of the week. I think that's when they're going to sign, that's when they're going to pass their physicals, like all that stuff's going to happen probably by the end of this week. And then it's going to be a full go for next Tuesday, July 28th, season's going to be played. And to me, that is huge. Or training camp's going to start, I should say. Like, and that's going to start. And to me, that's great. And again, I think that the NFL, they're going to put immaculate health, safety, all those plans will be in place. And again, all the other leagues are doing it. That's not going to stop the NFL from doing it. Now, was it a little shaky for a little bit this weekend? Yeah, it kind of was. You had all the players have that outcry, which was obviously great to see. They want to play. Like, everyone wants to play. And I think that's what the players had to put out. Like, we want to play, but we want to be safe. And I think that's the main thing. Once you get safe, that's a prerequisite. But it seems like the league is going to get safe. Now they're agreeing with the NFLPA on things. And look, everything's going to be figured out by the end of the week. Now the economics is another issue. But again, I think that the salary caps and all that stuff, I think the NFL NFLPA, they're going to work it out by the end of the week. That's just my opinion on it. Now, you may not agree with me, but again... As I said before, I said the NFL is going to work out the testing, they're going to work out the health procedures, and it seems like they're working them out. And it seems like I was right about that. Now, I'm hoping that I'll be right about the economic plans as well, and that's going to work itself out because no either player or team is going to want to have a salary cap like 80 million less than this year. Like, no one's going to want that, especially not a team like the Saints. And again, like, free agents that are going to want to get signed, like, free agents won't get signed to big contracts if that's the case. It's going to have to be gradual. And again, that's what the NFL is going to have to do. That's what the players are going to have to do and agree to. And I think it will all work out because both sides just can't afford it. And again, that's kind of my main reasoning behind it. Like they're going to come together for a deal because they need to figure that out. Like if the salary cap isn't figured out, the players will lose out, the teams will lose out, and next offseason is going to be a mess. But they could play if the safety measures are in place and everything. That's good. But the economics are on in place. Like, they could still play under that and then agree at a later date. But, again, I think they want everything done right away before training camp starts. And, again, I do think that is going to happen. So, now we're going to get into the impact of having no preseason. Because it was announced that the NFL will be playing no preseason this year. Which, again, I was against. I thought they should have played at least one preseason game just to get kind of the feet under them. And just like, okay, well, these protocols work. These don't. Or maybe they all work. And that's great. Or maybe... We got to tinker this a little bit. And I, I, I did think that one game that is just kind of in there to just make sure everything goes okay would be really helpful to the teams. But that isn't the case. And we're going to have no preseason. So what does that mean? For the Saints, I think it actually helps them a lot. Now, it's obviously not going to help them kind of if, if in a bubble. Like If we're only looking at the Saints team and how good they'll be on week one, it will probably won't be as good as they were going to be if they played preseason games. I think we could all agree on that. But you have a very veteran team. You have guys that have been here for years now. The majority of the team, like you're having from last year, a lot of the teams coming back. I think one of the most in the NFL, like the percentages wise. So to me, that's huge. And that's going to help. And you really look at the teams that are going to benefit off this. Your teams that have veteran QBs, that have a lot of the same players coming back. And like a team like the Bucks, they're not going to benefit off this. They're going to hurt big time. Brady always struggles in the beginning of the season. Now, especially with a new team, with no preseason, it's not going to be good for him, and again, I think the Bucs are going to hurt big time from this, and I expect the Saints to come out week one and beat the Bucs, even though the Bucs do have a good roster, I think we can go out and beat them pretty easily, I think, because the Saints will be on the same page with their defense offense, I don't know if the Bucs will be That's something I got to look at. But to me, teams like the Saints, teams like the Chiefs, teams like the Ravens, those teams are really going to excel in this year's NFL, especially in the early season. So that's something to look out for. Look for the teams that have stayed together, that have really good chemistry to bond together and do well this season. So I'm expecting teams that probably were good last year to kind of be good again this year. Now, I think they'll probably still be surprise teams, but I think less And that's just because you have less time to prepare. So the teams that were prepared and ready for last year are going to be probably well prepared for this year. So that's obviously the main thing. So again, teams that have veteran quarterbacks with good defenses or at least solid defenses with not a lot of turnover, like teams with not a lot of turnover will do very well. And I I could definitely see the Saints doing very good and capitalizing off this big time compared to the rest of the NFL. Like the Chiefs, they're probably going to capitalize it big time. They're still coming with Patrick Mahomes. They still have a ton of starters. Like, for them, that's really big. The Ravens, obviously, still coming in off of that 14-2 season. They didn't really lose anybody big, so that's obviously really good for them. And, again, looking at the NFC, the 49ers, they lost, guys, and they're replacing them with rookies. Now, having rookies that, again, right into the starting role, like, you're going to thrust them on in there, that may not be the best idea. Now, again, the Saints are going to put Cesar Ruiz in that role, but I think first-round picks probably will be Okay. But don't expect them to be, like, the all-star Pro Bowl guys right away. Like, Ruiz may struggle at the beginning just because there were no preseason reps. Now, he may not because he's a really cerebral player. Like, Ruiz is one of the few guys, I think he's the high one of the highest intelligent levels at his position here, and or probably in the whole draft class. So, to me, I don't think he's going to have trouble. But I could see a lot of players having trouble. Wide receivers, I think, are going to have huge, rookie wide receivers will have huge troubles this year. They're learning new timing, new chemistry with a new QB, probably more routes, and they're going to have to run sharper routes to be NFL cornerbacks. Like, that's a huge learning curve in a regular offseason. Now, in a kind of shorter offseason, and with no preseason game and stuff like that, they're going to get hurt big time. Tight end's probably the same. Hate to say it with Adam Troutman. Hopefully, he is the exception to the rule, but. Again, I think tight ends will have kind of big issues coming into their own this year. It's, it's it's a tough situation to be in as a rookie, especially as a pass catcher or, you know, something of that nature. It's difficult. And again, it may be easier for a guy like Cesar Ruiz or maybe even Adam Troutman because he knows the game very well. Like the Saints picked a lot of guys knowing that this may be the case, like no preseason games, none of that. So I can definitely see the Saints still doing good. And like you're looking at the guys they picked up in free agency, guys that either were with the team like Malcolm Jenkins or veterans like Emmanuel Sanders. Again, that's all really good stuff for the Saints. And again, I think that the Saints right now are probably in the best situation of anyone in the NFC. Like looking at it, I think the 49ers, they lost some guys they replace them with rookies. Probably gonna be a tough kind of transition there for them. They're also going to be missing Debo Samuel for probably the first month of the season, if not longer. And if they get off to a rough start, I don't know how good they're gonna do when that adversity hits like to me I don't know if they're the best equips for that and we're gonna have to see what happens so I don't think that they'll be as good then you look at a team like the Packers I think that the Packers got very lucky last year that's just my opinion scheduling they won a lot of close games like I don't think they're gonna be at the top of their level here in 2020 now they do have a lot of returning players but they definitely lost some guys They lost Blake Martinez and again their defense I don't think will be as good as next year that's just my opinion and as last year excuse me there And I don't think they're going to be as good. That's just my opinion. Like, bringing all those free agents, to me, after that first year usually doesn't work. And I've said it before. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did really good. But if they're not as good and Rodgers is unhappy and it kind of all burns down on them, I wouldn't count that out either. So that's just my opinion there. I, I, I can see the Vikings really taking over. I think the Vikings could be very good this year. Now, again, but they're another team that they're losing, guys. And they lost a lot of guys. They're going to probably lose Everson Griffin. They lost Stephon Diggs. Losing a lot of starters just probably isn't great in this kind of season. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But that's another team with this short kind of period here. I don't know how they're going to do. No preseason games. Not 100% even sold on them. Then you go to teams like the Falcons. Not 100% sold on them for sure. And obviously the Panthers, same thing there and who are you down to you got the Eagles who I think will probably be good next year Cowboys you don't really know what you're getting out of them so it's going to be interesting to see and again I definitely think that the Saints are the favorites right now in the NFC now it's kind of like you could definitely make a case for a lot of other teams but right now I think the Saints are the best team it's close but I think they're the best team I think again if they signed one more player they would really take themselves over the edge but Again, I don't know if they're going to, especially if they're going to be 80 guys only going into training camp. That's a lot of guys you got to cut and you're going to cut now one more to add another player in. I don't know if they're going to do that. It's going to be very interesting, but I do think that Clowney needs to sign soon. I think that Everson Griffin needs to sign soon and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and kind of what happens with those guys here. But now I do want to transition into talking about how the Saints are going to cut to 80 guys and who's on the chopping block here. So I have the roster pulled up, excuse me, there, and I'm just going through guys that could get cut, and I think kind of will, at the end of the day, get cut, because it's going to be very interesting, because, look, you do have a lot of undrafted free agents, but I think the Saints will end up keeping at least a few of them, because when looking at it here, you're going to have a few guys that I think will get cut right away without question, like one of those guys is Blake Gillikin. they picked him up from Penn State, he's a punter. You don't really need a backup punter right now with Thomas Morstead, so I think he's definitely, out of the question, gone. So to me, that's one player. Then you're going to look at other guys. Definitely Tommy Lee Lewis, gone. And he's a guy that, we I think we've seen enough of him, I don't I don't think we've see any more of him. To me, he's a guy that's going to be gone right away, kind of no questions asked here. Then you're looking at a guy like Johnson Badamosi, he's a special teams player, excuse me, there but I think he's going to be battling for kind of a last spot there. So it's going to be interesting to see where he pans out if he's one of those guys that does get cut. But he plays special teams that could really work in his favor here. Again, I think a lot of these undrafted free agents could get cut here. You're looking at a guy like Tony Jones, like your fifth running back. Do you really need him? I mean, yeah, he's pretty good. And I do think that the Saints would probably benefit by having him in training camp. But again, with going down to 80, maybe he's a guy you cut and you keep going, maybe to Quan Mazel, he's a guy that's kind of been a practice squad player, do you really need a player like him on the roster? I don't really know there, and there's going to be more guys, just more undrafted free agents here, like is Gus Cumberlander, is he going to get a spot here, defensive lineman, he is 6'7", 256, but he's going to have to play special teams if he even wants a shot in the 80-man roster, like that's going to be interesting, you have guys like Adrian McGee from LSU, does he get on the roster, even though that he's had some really high ups. Are those low downs? Is that, Are those enough to kind of keep him off the roster? It's definitely interesting. A guy like Jordan Steckler from Northern Illinois. And he's a guy that's not coming from a Power 5 conference. He's a guy that did play tackle in college. But it seems like he's going to be a guard in the pros. Is he really worth that roster spot? I, I do think that guys like Ethan Greenwich, he's going to make it because he's all a tackle. I think a tackle is definitely more important here. But even other guys like Jalen Dalton, another untried free agent from last year. Is he a guy that you want to make this roster? I do think that a lot of futures guys probably may not make this roster. I mean, at the end of the day, Cole Wick... I don't think the Saints are keeping all the tight ends they have. So I think a guy like Cole Wick will probably get cut. So to me, that's very interesting. And again, that's just where the Saints are ended up here. And look, they're going to probably have to cut guys that you may not want to. But at the end of the day, you may have to. And that kind of stinks. But that is kind of where the Saints are. And obviously, they're going to have to cut more guys maybe... A little Jordan Humphrey, excuse me, there. Is he a guy that you may want to cut? Darren Paolo from Utah, is he a guy you're going to cut? You may have to cut him. And he may be a guy that you look into cutting. Andrew Dowell, I think, is a guy that could definitely get cut from Michigan State. Another guy that was on the practice squad. But I would like to see guys like Joe Beasley, excuse me, there, make the team. I would like to see guys like Calvin Throckmorton make this team. so Or at least make the 80-man roster, I should say. And I think they will make the 80-man roster. I I do think that when looking at it, it's probably going to be a lot of undrafted free agents. Saints signed 13, so you're probably going to cut that in half at least. And then also I'd say like five other guys from the futures contracts will probably get cut too. But again, I I don't think it's going to be any like major guys. I don't think you're going to see any big cuts. But maybe the Saints will cut 11 guys to try to get that 10th guy back on. That's going to be maybe just Davion Clowney or Everson Griffin. I mean, I I could hope. I mean, I, I could definitely wish there. For that, But I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how all that will work out here. So before we get into our next training camp battle with the defensive line, we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft CoPilot. That feeling when CoPilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When CoPilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act... That sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. And now we're going to continue our training camp battle series where we're going to look at the Saints training camp battles here in 2020. Not many because this roster is just so good. A lot of positions are already solidified. So now we're going to look at really the third defensive line spot. So we know Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, they're going to be there. We all know that. And we really got to look at the depth beyond those two guys because the Saints last year, they struggled once Davenport went down with an injury. And now we got to look, did the Saints get better there? Is there still a big hole? And we're basically going to get into all that and really get into this battle. So there are kind of four main guys here. Two guys that the Saints have had, two guys that the Saints haven't had. And also there's a fifth guy that I think he would have to take a big step forward if he wants to really get some solid playing time. But we'll also talk about him too. So first guy that I think is that third guy for the Saints right now, number one. I think he could definitely get supplanted, but right now he's number one. And that's going to be Trey Hendrickson. He's a guy that was 63.3 PFF grade last year. He did have six sacks, and he was a guy that got sacks and spurts, like he got three in one game. But for the most part, to me, he didn't have a bad year, didn't have a great year by any means. To me, it was average, and then like sometimes he was just non-existent. I think when he started, he was really non-existent. He was really, really good as kind of that situational pass rusher, but once he got into that, like starting every game, and he was really the guy opposite Cameron Jordan, he just wasn't as good. And then the Saints were able to also have Mario Edwards, who are going to get into really also help with that role. So it was kind of interesting to see how those guys worked out. But Hendrickson, again, I'm not 100% sold on him. And I would really like the Saints to get another solid third defensive lineman behind him. So that's why I do think that really, when you look at this third defensive line spot, it can easily get taken over. But I do think Hendrickson is going to get that spot to really show what he's able to do like success is a, is a solid year and if he can do that again but kind of be a more consistent threat i think that he could be a really good third defensive lineman but i think he's going to have to show it and he still has to show it like he's got spurts where he's really good and he's got spurts where he's non existent like i would like a more consistent player and i think that that's really going to help him in the long run here and it's probably going to really judge if he's going to be a saint long term or they're going to let him go into free agency cuz he's a guy that look he's he he's an interesting player like he's got a good motor and his physicality is good I mean speed's not 100% there but it not bad again I just think he has to be more consistent and to me that's something that you've got to look forward to this year if he can get more consistent he could be that third guy but that is a little of a question mark there and if he's not consistent I could see guys behind him really stepping in there and battling with him like It's going to be a battle. He's going to have to really supplant himself here if he wants that number three job. And maybe the Saints will bring in someone else. Maybe they're going to bring in Griffin. Maybe they're going to bring in a clowny or a player like that because maybe Hendrickson just won't cut it. Maybe the guys behind Hendrickson really won't cut it. But it's going to be interesting to see what they will be able to do here. Players behind him. Now, there are two players that the Saints did add. And to me, this is very interesting. One was Marcus Hunt. And Hunt's an interesting player. Because he was a guy that had zero sacks last year in 16 games. Not good at all. He's actually pretty good against the run. Like overall in his career, he's been pretty solid against the run. It's been kind of other places where, and like especially the pass rush where he's failed. But again, like last year kind of had a bad year. He had no sacks. Only had 17 tackles, no tackles for loss. Not that good there. No QB hits. So it's kind of interesting to see where he was. But then you look at the year before and he was a defensive end and he had five sacks he had 13 tackles for loss Like had a really good season, had a fumble recovery, actually had two pass defenses as well, and last year he was kind of playing also as a defensive tackle, so it was kind of interesting to see how that worked out too, but I think that if he returns to that 2018 level, he can definitely take over Trey Hendrickson's spot, because he was a guy that was a little more consistent in 2018, he did a lot of things in the run as well, so again, he was a solid player in 2018, 2019, just wasn't as good, but Again, to me, if he can return to that 2018 level, I do think that he's going to really pose a challenge here to Hendrickson, and either they're going to play in tandem, or he may take over Hendrickson's spot. It's going to be interesting, because he was a guy 75.5 at PFF grade in 2018. Like, that's really big. So he was able to do a really good job there, excuse me. But again, I don't know if he will return to that 2018 level. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out, but maybe Hunt's the guy. And the other guy's Anthony Ciccolo who's a really good special teams player, has a lot of experience there. But he's been an edge rusher, but really hasn't gotten to the quarterback a lot. And even a lot of Steelers fans are like, they don't really like him. He's kind of that guy that's always kind of around the starting lineup, but isn't exactly just 100% there always. Like he only had one sack last year. He did have a 62.1 PFF grade, but again, he wasn't just fully there. He only had two sacks the year before. Like he's kind of a rotational guy at best. He's a guy that I don't think will take over Trey Hendrickson's spot. I think it would take injuries for him to get into the rotation. But again, he has experience. He knows what he's doing while starting. Like, he has started games before. He's not an awful edge rusher here. And he's also got some speed. He can play special teams as well. That's why he may have a spot on this team on the 53-man roster. It's going to be interesting to see if he can make this team. Because I think in a perfect world, he'd be a special teams guy. Like, a kind of shutdown special teams guy and then if depth is needed, he can fill into a rotational role, and I I do think that would be a good kind of role for him. Now, I don't think he's in full competition, like he is obviously in full competition with these other guys, but I don't know if he's 100% really at their level yet, and now two guys that were in the Saints locker room last year, one I think is better than Trey Hendrickson at a lot of different things, and that's Mario Edwards, because he's a guy I think is unsung, like a lot of people when they think about Mario Edwards, like, uh, he's average. But he's a guy that can really do his roles well. Like, he's really solid in pass rushing. Like, he's a guy that I always heard his name being called. Like, really good stuff there. He could also play some three-tech as well. Like, getting to the quarterback, making tackles for losses, that's his game. And to me, he can do a really good job in that role. Like, when Davenport was out, you saw, really, Edwards step up and kind of get in the box score. Which is which is good. Which is very, very good. Now, he wasn't 100% to Davenport's level. He's not going to be but he's a good backup, and when you pair him with a guy like Trey Hendrickson, when they're playing at the top level, both those guys, they can actually play up to Davenport's level, and even if they're not, like, the Saints can still win games, the Saints were still playing very good down the stretch, even though they didn't have Davenport, so, like, they can make it kind of, not like a non-factor, but they could at least, you can at least get by with those guys, so that's why I love Mario Edwards, very good depth very good depth for him and if he can kind of continue what he's doing he had three sacks last year I believe he had two the year before and he's a guy that had four in 2017 so he's like right around that two to four range and he's probably going to stay there but he's versatile plays multiple positions really good in the past getting to the quarterback good at making those pressures he's also not bad against the run as well I think when you pair it all together he's a really good guy that kind of pairs with Trey Hendrickson. now they're obviously going to probably be battling to see who gets more reps if everyone's healthy but I think if a guy goes down You take Trey Hendrickson, you take a guy like Mario Edwards, you put them together, and look, it's still a downgrade to Davenport for sure, and it was a downgrade last year for sure. The stats went down, everything went down for sure, but it's not like you're going to lose games because of it, So, especially if everyone else is playing at a high level. like If everything else is getting better, and that's getting a little worse, you can live with it. Now, I'm not saying that it's ideal, but you can live with it, and you do need players like that on your roster. He's a guy that can play multiple positions. And again, I think he fills a really nice depth role for the Saints, but that to me is very interesting, why the Saints wouldn't get a guy like Clowney and give him a lot of money. Like, isn't your guys that will take over for Davenport on this team? But again, they struggled. You don't want to struggle at all. So if you have the opportunity to not struggle in a position, might as well go out and get a player. So to me, that's kind of where the Saints stand there. And then the last guy who I said was like, he's going to have to make some big steps forward. But if he does, he has a lot of potential. And that's Carl Granderson. He's a guy that had some off-the-field issues. That's why he wasn't drafted. And he comes up in here. He makes this team, which to me was really impressive. Like, again, he was in the kind of exempt list. And he came off of it. He made the Saints. Like, that was very, very impressive. And he was actually able to even get a sack last year. He's actually very good in run defense. He's a guy that's 6'5", 261. Like, he's perfect size there. And so he's going to use his physicality size. Now, the technique's not there. The pass rushing moves aren't there 100%. But if he's building on those, if he takes a big step forward... I could see him becoming as a role player this year, and maybe even a starter in years to come. Now, I think it would be tough for him to do that, but I do think it's possible. And I definitely wanted to kind of shed a light on him because he's a guy that has good size. He also doesn't have bad moves, like his bull rush is pretty good. He's just not like just 100% there at getting space, getting by guys. That has something to do with, he doesn't have a good bend and he doesn't win a lot of one-on-ones. So again, it's a little to do, with not having enough moves like his athletic like side to side movement isn't the best even though his size is very good so that's something also you got to look at but again I think he's a guy that if he can get better at that if he can learn other moves to compensate for maybe not having a hundred percent the best athletic ability like I think he could definitely win there too now his size is really good his size is amazing so if he has good pass rush moves to go with it He could be a really good pass rusher, a really solid pass rusher, even in a role for the Saints, but he's got to find those, and that's going to take some time, because he's not like Marcus Davenport, who's extremely, not just really big, because he is obviously really good size, but he's also really fast, like that's just not Granderson's type guy, he's going to have to be a physical guy that also has some good pass rush moves to go with it, now he has to develop those, and we'll see if he'll be able to or not, it's going to be very interesting to see what he can do there, but again, I think that this group is very interesting. I don't think one guy has proven everything, but you're hoping out of five of these guys, you could kind of combine them all together, or you find a really good one, and you can get some really good production if Davenport's injured, or maybe you just need some extra production on the side of Davenport and Jordan. We're going to have to see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting battle. I think that Trey Hendrickson does have that leg up right now, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens once training camp hits, and we got to see what happens. Like When you're looking at it, I want to see what the new guys are going to do, Ticolo, Hunt, Definitely want to see what they can bring, because I think that their guys, especially Hunt, if he can return to that 2018 level, I think he could be a really good role player for the Saints, and he's a guy that does have a lot of upside. Size is really good, so I could definitely see him coming in, and even Chickalow, like if he takes that next step as a edge rusher, maybe you see him in a role for the Saints. It's going to be interesting. Again, I think Trey Hendrickson has that upper hand. You also have Mario Edwards, who's a guy that plays multiple positions. I think is really, really valuable to this team, especially in a depth spot. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And maybe they're going to throw a wrench in there and add a Griffin or a Clowney. That would make the group unbelievably good. But I think right now, you're hoping out of these five guys, you can find at least one or two guys that are really solid players that will be able to contribute here in 2020. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Who Discussion, you should definitely follow our social media accounts. On Twitter, personally, I'm at Andrew Galata, And the podcast on Twitter is at The Who that Discussion. And also on Instagram, The Who that Discussion is at Who Dat Discussion on there. So definitely check us out on Instagram. And then also, we are on every podcasting platform you could think of. So that means Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff we're on. So definitely check us out on any of your podcast platforms. So definitely all that is great stuff. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, give it a thumbs up, get the videos a thumbs up, as I really should say, and I I do a lot of work on those film studies, and I really hope that you guys enjoy them, because I really enjoy making them, so I really hope that you guys enjoy watching them. Now we are going to get into some training camp stuff, it's going to be a lot of training camp stuff over the next few episodes. Training camp's beginning, and it's going to be fun, even though there are no preseason games, it's still going to be very, very fun, and I hope you guys can join this journey with me as I talk about the Saints, talk about the Saints 2020 season, as we're looking for another Super Bowl title here to come back to New Orleans, but that is all I have for you guys today, so I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening, run it back, and hoodat!